0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Business Chef Podcast. I, of course, am Chef Sean Boucher, and I am happy to be here. Happy because we are talking to arguably one of the most experienced and dynamic personalities in professional food service today. Of course, I'm talking about Chef Rich Rosendell. Chef Rosendell has a pretty impressive background and a pretty expansive array of skills and abilities and things that he has done that man just really sets him apart plus I get to talk to a lot of people and he is just a super nice guy really down to earth very very knowledgeable and somebody I think that we can learn a ton from Um, Well, the way that I started,
1: uh, first of all, you know, I wasn't like what everybody would think, that I was just like this rock star chef right out of the gate. Uh, When I was in high school, even junior high, early on, I got into a lot of trouble when I was younger. I was a real real handful for my mom. Uh, My dad wasn't really in the household, so it was like me and my sister, and my mom was kind of raising us. So, you know, I was like most young boys, I got into lots of uh, mischievous... uh, trouble and stuff like that. And frankly, I didn't really know what I was going to do as I as I looked at what my career may be. It wasn't until I started working in um, a local restaurant and I took a home economics class in high school that it was a creative outlet that really kind of uh, grabbed, you know, hold me and said like, hey, this is something I started thinking myself like this is something that maybe I could do uh, when I when I get older and I enjoyed it. My mom took me to a lot of uh, local culinary schools and I eventually decided to go to Westmoreland Community College and I did a three-year apprenticeship there. And uh, once I got into cooking and I started uh, to go to culinary school, my career, I mean a lot of people whenever they they meet me, they think that I'm going to be a lot older or I think I'm going to be a lot further down the runway of my career. They're always kind of like, wow, looking at your resume or reading your bio You know, I thought that maybe you'd be at at this phase of your career. But the reality is, I mean, I just, like, it's been a, it hasn't even been a roller coaster. It's been more of like a rocket. It's just been like wham, wham, wham. I mean, the U.S. culinary team, twice, and Boku's door, and executive chef at the Greenbrier, and I own my own restaurant uh, in Columbus, Ohio, um, having roots uh, the restaurant there, uh, doing the classes. I mean, I kind of feel like I've had these, uh, <laughs> I've had like so many chapters in most cases would be a lifespan of one person's career, but I don't know. I've just, uh, I've been very fortunate to find something that I love and that I've been able to kind of keep this, uh, momentum going. Um, and I know people always say it's like if you find something that you really love, it's, it's not going to really feel like work. Um, I think that is definitely very true. Um, but I also think that you also have to put yourself in environments that you set yourself up for success. And if you, if you make the right decisions at important times, that's really probably the most influential factor that determines where you're going to be you know five years down the road is the decisions that you make and the decision to go to the Greenbrier the decision to leave the Greenbrier for that matter uh the decision to try out in culinary competition these were all decisions that I made that at the time may have seemed like just any other moment in my life but they really have Changed the trajectory and really pivoted me on a completely different path, and I think that's an important thing to take away for anybody: is that you really got to consider the decisions you make are they're so profound, and at the, at the moment, in a in a blink of an eye, it might just seem like any other decision. It might be like, well, maybe I'm going to open up this 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 new business, or we're going to expand, or we're going to take on the new space. These decisions sometimes, they they really have profound impacts um, on the rest of your career. So I think – and I think people – maybe sometimes you get a little bit nervous about making the wrong decision. I didn't really get too hung up on that kind of stuff. I just made decisions, and I just accepted whatever the outcome was going to be. And sometimes it was – sometimes you get punched in the face, as Mike Tyson would say. But, you know, you just keep going.
0: So talk about, like, just just – competition and the decision to go into competition because obviously you're one of the most experienced competitors in the culinary field arguably in the country right now having competed at the highest levels talk about the decision to start competing and what drove that
1: um the decision to to compete uh for me initially was something that was kind of an extracurricular activity it just happened to be aligned with my career cooking competitions professional chef and in the beginning it was a way i was like well i'm going to make myself better i'm going to it's going to help me in my career and i thought it would help me in my career more as far as like getting a good job in the future but what it really did is beneath the surface it really kind of shaped who i am and how I approach things, the attention to detail, the organization, um, and I tell everybody that if you, if you go and you compete and you're cooking at a very high level, and, and say, for example, something like the Boku store or the Olympics or even a local culinary competition, even if you're not going to cook like that on a daily basis, if you think about your skill level as an accordion and to have the ability to stretch to this very high level of execution uh, and performance, and hey, sometimes you're going to shrink down and you're just going to be—you're going to do a very casual event, or you don't—you don't always need to like attack something as if you're doing the Boku store. But I think when you have that level of training. It just gives you that insight into that you can go there. You can go to that that level of, uh, you know, organization or discipline or execution of, of whatever that may be. And I think that competition... Uh, many of the principles that I used in competition, I still use today. I'm not using them in a cooking competition. I'm managing projects. I'm managing multiple businesses. We, we're, I'm working with contractors. Uh, I'm keeping a, a business uh, running, meeting payroll. So those, those disciplines are now just applied to uh, different mediums, but they were honed. And developed in the competitive cooking arena for me.
0: So, with competitive cooking, um, you know, obviously that I'm sure that helped shape your decision to go for the certified master chef exam. And you um, obviously be able to pass that. You're the youngest to ever pass it, correct? Still?
1: Um, to be honest with you, I have no idea. Uh, I know uh, Gerald Ford, who uh, recently uh, passed the exam actually is an alumni of our culinary training he took our cmc training i know he's very young when he took it but i have no idea i know that for years i tell everybody it's like i've always had like youngest this on my bio and youngest this but i am getting older you know i've i'm uh uh, i i can't always use all those same uh items that i point to but i know i was very young when i took that and uh very young when i did the uh executive chef at the Greenbrier. uh and i think that's that's been great um but i hope that as i go on in my career i'm not really i'm not always going to be uh young but i think that in my craft i can be relevant and the way you be relevant the way that you are relevant is to stay current with trends you don't always have to agree with them um but i always try to stay like uh you know, on point with whatever the newest techniques, the newest items are, the newest ingredients, the newest methods. Uh, I think that makes me a better entrepreneur. I think it makes me a better leader, and it makes me a better chef. But the CMC exam was was uh, another wonderful chapter that that I went through that kind of helped shape who I am today.
0: So with that, you know, nowadays there's, I think. Especially for young culinarians, there's a lot less focus on certification than there has been in the past, depending on what circles you run in. Kind of what's your thoughts on certification? What's it done for you?
1: Um, I think that's a a really good question, Sean. I think that um, I've had a lot of people ask me about certification, culinary competition, uh, being a member with like ACF. And as somebody that just organically, because of the involvement in competition and being a CMC, uh, it, really certification has been uh, a factor in, in who I am today. And I think that for every person that's out there, it's really how you market yourself. I mean, I tell the, the average person that's uh, maybe uh, my neighbor, they may not understand what exactly an ACF certified Master Chef is, but if I say Rich Rosendale certified Master Chef, and here come do our events, come to our dinners, come to our restaurant, and they have a wonderful experience, well, that brings up the equity of of that brand as well. So um, I think that uh, what my peers out there, what they are doing. Um, they actually also contribute to that brand of certification. So I think you get to really kind of pay attention to like what your path is, what you're doing, and whether it's certification or membership and all these things, I think it's it's important to narrow the focus with what your actions are and, and not really worry too much about what everybody around you is doing. I mean, I've I've kind of been a little bit of like a bit of a trailblazer as far as the path that I've taken. But I've used certification, um, you know, very, very in a very strong way in a lot of our branding and marketing materials, and uh, it matters. It makes it makes a difference, um, you know, in in um, creating collaborations and um, and uh, generating new business.
0: So, talk about what you're doing now with Roots and Rosendale Collective, and kind of just you know, how did that business come to be? And I mean obviously it takes capital to start a business and, you know, did you get a loan? Did you have friends and family? Like, talk about the evolution of what you're doing now. Um, when I first... Uh, my, the first
1: time any kind of business endeavors that I ever really did was whenever I first launched Rosendell's in um, uh, Columbus years ago. And I was, I was young. I was still late 20s. And it's much easier to spend someone else's money than it is to spend yours. And I think that... I've, I have learned a lot about money when I lost some money. And in that endeavor, uh, you know, I, I lost some of my investment. And it stings a little bit whenever you go through something like that. But to me, that was almost like business school. Um, so fast forward to uh, just a few years ago. I am executive chef and director of food and beverage at the Greenbrier. And I resigned because I still... I still I still ha, kind of have a big uh, uh, itch to be a, an entrepreneur and to go out and, and I, I don't know I just for me I really got to be engaged in what I'm doing every day I got to be really excited about what the next day holds and I'm almost I'm almost more excited about the process than the finish line and I think that if I'm enjoying the process that's what kind of keeps me going. It's probably better that I actually don't ever achieve the goals that I want because I may, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people it's uh, it's important to stay motivated and excited. Um and as far as what our businesses are today, they are multifaceted. Uh Rosendell Collective is centered around world-class culinary training. Uh we also we do um we do mostly classes uh, around the United States. We do some international. We've been hired by private and uh, uh, public companies, uh, everybody from ConAgra. to We've done classes at Facebook headquarters, the Venetian, Palazzo. Um, we also have Rosendale Online, which is kind of a online version um, of that model. And people can go there and, and get wonderful uh, direction and instruction with, like, recipes and uh, We're a little bit different than a recipe platform because we also have other videos that I think are resources for chefs like uh, branding and developing a deck, uh, uh, presenting um, to investors, building websites. So I try to take a lot of all the things that I've done and and have that available to people uh, online anywhere in the world. Uh, so that's the Rosendell Collective component of what we do. And then we also have Route 657, which is our restaurant entity. Uh, that is a fast, casual um, counter service restaurant and market. And it's been super popular since it's been open. I mean, there's days we could do over a thousand people there. Um, I approached that with a different approach than when I was at the Greenbrier uh, at, at this Restaurant. I usually will have anywhere from like one to two people working the line and it's very efficient, very consistent. Um, we use a lot of local product. We sell a lot of local product in the store. Uh, we recently uh, as a third division of what we do, we also have uh Rosendale events, which we just launched in Atlanta and we basically took over 110,000 square feet, uh, premier ballrooms in downtown Atlanta at Southern Exchange, uh, beautiful property, spans over uh, three floors. Uh, you can do up to events up to 6,000 people in this venue. We've already uh, have served uh, over 3,000 people just in the last couple of weeks. Uh, the chef there is Stephen Halliday. He had worked with me at the Greenbrier. Um, and then finally, um, as we kind of go back to the classes I'm always kind of looking at with all the things we're doing. How do we? What does this look like five years from now? What is the uh, what is the next chapter? How do we grow uh, into the next into the next level? Of what we're doing? So we actually uh, in about 45 days we'll be launching the RC Culinary Lab, and what that is is it's a warehouse that is going to be where we're going to be hosting most of our classes in the future. So we'll still offer training. We will also be still adding content to our online platform, but to kind of cut back on some of the traveling, we're gonna be kind of pulling back and having that in our own venue. Um, I don't have a bunch of investors. I've done everything uh, really kind of uh, with myself, and I have one business partner uh, on the real estate with, uh, with uh, Roots uh, in the warehouse. Uh, But a lot of things, I I learned from that first endeavor that you can go out and you can get a bunch of investors. But now I was like, success should in some ways kind of run out from under you. And you can sometimes try to force things and spend a lot of money in the process of doing that. But if you have a good product uh, and people are enjoying it and they continue to buy it or they continue to come That is an indicator that you should grow. And that's what I have. The classes, I mean, we've been doing this now for over five years. And you saw after being in the one today, we have people from all over the country. uh, Probably 30 to 40 percent of that class is repeat business. We have people come from other countries. And people come to these because we put a lot into it. We really try to make it great. We want people to have a wonderful experience. And I try to give that same attention to everything that we do. And um, you know that to me is kind of how you grow. And trying to not have to borrow a lot of money, we you know I did get a business line of credit whenever I did roots uh, just to have some cash flow for that. Um, But it's hard. It it growing is hard. You know it's it's hard. People always see on the surface and they see the expansions and all this and everything. But it's hard. It's hard to do that. It takes a hell of a lot of planning and a hell of a lot of capital. Uh, But I try as much as I can to discipline myself to not have to go out and borrow a lot of money. I try to generate that from within the existing models. And if I can't do that, that points to a, a different issue that I, that I need to figure out a way to try to
0: address. Well, and obviously you're not doing it alone. Well. I mean, you've got a team behind you, a lot of people that you've probably developed over the years that have worked with you at other properties. And, you know, that's just becoming more and more important in our industry today is the ability to develop people and move them into roles because it's not getting any easier to hire people, that's for sure.
1: Right. Uh, that's, a, that's a great point. I think that uh, if I think of probably one of the one of the people that have had a really great quote, I think it was Danny uh, Myers, the famous uh, restaurateur out of New York, uh, and he would always point to taking better care of your team or your employees than you do your guests and i think what he means by that is basically if you really take care of the team the team in turn will take care of the guest and i am as uh i am as aware and uh it is as important to me of what the team's goals are as they are for the business in general because i want people to feel like there's places to grow there's there's ways to kind of accomplish whatever the goals are in their own ecosystem but there's no question, I mean, um, I'm, I'm one person. I mean, uh, we need people. I mean, there's parties going on t- tonight in a, a different state with the restaurants open. I'm not there. And, um, you know, I'm not naive to think that, you know, I, I'm only, I have a, a role in that process. But it is only uh, part of the, the role. There's everybody, whether you're a dishwasher or the chef or the cashier, everybody really plays a critical role in uh just the place running day to day um so that's i mean i think it's a great point is uh just the focusing on the team um and trying to create a pathway for them to blossom and evolve and to be excited about what they do on a daily basis
0: well at the end of the day we all want to be passionate we all want to have a purpose we all want to be moving forward in our lives so as kind of a parting piece of guidance, what advice do you give to either aspiring culinarians or maybe those who've been in the industry for a while kind of want to push forward in their career? Um, I think that,
1: uh, I think sometimes I, w- I would say that uh, not to, not worry so much and get too hung up on on making mistakes and, and, and screwing up. I mean, I think... Uh, it's totally okay to to fail. Uh, in fact, I mean, I'm only where I'm at today because I keep going. And there's a lot of people out there that have a wonderful idea, but they may be reluctant about going out and trying it because it's like, well, what if it goes wrong? It's like, you know what? You may need it to go wrong in order to to get you on the track that you should be on. So... And you know what? I mean, the thing is, in this day and age, I don't care what age you are. I don't care what your background is. I mean, all of the old roles, all of the old paradigms have kind of got flipped on their head. I mean, there's, there's so many things that you can do that all you have to do is go out there and find your customer. And whether it's a... A new product or a new ingredient or maybe it's just a, a really neat idea i mean go out there and try it i mean you don't know i mean who who the hell ever would have thought that like traveling around the country and doing cooking classes would would end up that we'd still be doing it five years from now and it's kind of neat i mean i've cooked for presidents i've been in uh at the zabil palace cooking for the family there i mean it's just it's kind of crazy like that you can get there from here and for me it all started in southwestern pennsylvania i mean i wasn't really very good in school um yeah my mom is i think every day she's kind of in she's just in disbelief of uh (laughs) you know all the things i've done and cooking is what has kind of taken me there you know
0: well and that's the nice thing is that everybody's always going to eat and it is truly an undying industry
1: that's true. I mean, that that's the one thing. As I go everywhere around the world, uh, it's like that one common language that everybody, you can tell you give somebody something to eat and there's a smile that perks up on their face. And I think it's a its a great way to forge relationships. Um, absolutely.
0: Well, thank you for your time. I know you're a busy guy. So thanks for taking the time to do this. And I think... If anybody wants to learn more about you or what you're doing, what's the best way to reach out?
1: Well, we're, we are uh, we are all over social media, Sean, and, of course, we have uh, several websites. The, the cooking classes we have on richrosendell.com, and uh, we have Rosendell Collective, which is uh, another great gateway. We have a restaurant in Northern Virginia. You come out and see us there, and if you're in Atlanta, we'd love to do your next event. So... Um, And honestly, too, even if people are just looking to get a peek into what we do on a daily basis, you know, we have people that come into the kitchen and just say hi, and they just want to watch and and see how we do things. As you know, spending a day with me here today, I'm very open with knowledge, and I think creating that kind of an environment, uh, I've learned as much in that process as the people that spend time with me.
0: Well, I can vouch for that. You've given a lot of info for the amount of time we spent together, so... Thanks for doing that for me and being part of the industry for a while as well as those who are coming up. Absolutely. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. Truly an exceptional human being. Grateful for Chef Rosendale and his time. He is an extremely busy person. Somebody who has a lot of irons in the fire and a lot of things going on. And somebody who is incredibly giving of his time and his knowledge for those of you who don't know he truly has competed on the world's biggest stages um there is a movie out there for those of you who haven't seen it or would like to learn more about him and some of his journey it's called the contender and we'll put a link to it in the show so you can go check it out if you'd like to but uh very very cool stuff I would highly suggest anyone who's interested in furthering their career, learning more about the culinary arts or the businesses businesses that Chef Rosendale is involved in, go check out his website. Uh, It's pretty dynamic. The recipe database is amazing. He truly is what a lot of aspiring chefs aspire to be. And uh, just an all-around great guy with, with his priorities aligned. So, again... Thanks to Chef Rosendale for taking the time to be on this week, and thank you to all of you who continue to listen. Hey, thanks for sticking around.